Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield broadcasting today from the Nebraska Soybean Board Studio, which is brought to you by Nebraska Soybean Farmers and their checkoff. Uh, of course, we're going to talk soybeans here eventually, but Jeff Peterson joins us with Heartland Farm Partners. And look at this market. I mean, we know that the not a lot of excitement came out of Monday's, or excuse me, Tuesday's crop progress report. We look at the chopping already taking place for some of these guys, many anticipating when they're going to get in to actually start some sort of harvest. So I heard Kansas is harvesting corn. What's the driving factor? Is it just a whole bunch of different things kind of fiddled into the market? I think you've got a lot of that. I think if we just step back and look at some of the big key things, we, we know that from the fund position side, the funds are still short. They're short corn, soybeans, and wheat. So the natural tendency is any little bit of strength in the market, they just go ahead and sell it. And, and why are they holding on to that short bias? Is that we're sitting here with, if you notice, there's a few of these yields starting to creep up and from some of the private forecasters that have came out getting closer to where USDA. And, and I don't think that's going to be the case once we go ahead and get into this crop. But they're seeing some of that. They're also looking out and going, well, the forecast two weeks out, four weeks out, it's not ideal. It's a little cooler than we'd like, but it doesn't show any freezing temps. And they know that that's something that can definitely come in. So we've had pressure put on that. You've got this, this situation from the Chinese trade talks that, that just kind of put a wet blanket over this market. And then on top of that, you hear some of the cheap values that are actually being offered on the corn side out of Brazil and Argentina. And, and I think it's a combination. You said it perfectly before, Susan. It's a combination of all those factors coming together. The, the timing just isn't right yet to get this market moving higher. So what is it going to take to get some excitement into this trade? Yeah, and that's, and that's a great question. And that's one, you know, every day we ask ourselves and, and we ask them. And so the best way to think about it is how's, how's a fire kind of get started, right? We got to have a little kindling to get this heated up. And, and we just lack that so far. I think it's out there and I think it's getting closer. But first of all, it won't and it can't happen from the demand side. It, it really has to happen from the supply side. And the easiest way on the supply side is to do just as you said, get a few combines in the field. Go ahead and get this next crop report out where we've got some estimates on what the yield, start getting a better feel from the yield side. And, and or we, we also could go ahead and have a freeze, which could end this crop quickly in many areas. And, and there's a lot of risk of that. So I think that's really what it's going to take to get this market to move higher from here. And a few guys I've talked to that have gone out and kind of walked into those cornfields are being surprised by the disease that they're finding. It looks really pretty from the road. You know, it really does, and, I, and and we're hearing a few estimates, you know, east of Adams, Nebraska, we're hearing some reports come in, some new corn came in the ethanol plant down there, mid-20s on the moisture, you know, so the, harvested this early, you'd kind of say, well, maybe there was some type of problem with it, but uh, yield was a little bit less than desired, but let's go ahead and, and work through what you've talked about there as guys get into that field, and, and more fields. The big thing is just the stage of this crop, and and I think that's a lot of it. And, and we saw some of that from this crop progress numbers. And one of the things that stood out to us is that when you look at the dough stage, and keep in mind uh, the dough stage, um, that's that's very early in that whole process yet. You know, it hasn't hit the dent. It's barely past the milk. There's over 17 million acres of corn that hasn't hit dough yet. And, and that's normally about 6.3 million. So think about that. 11 million acres hasn't got to that point. And why is that significant? The reason that's significant is that if, if that crop got a freeze, and granted it's not all going to get a freeze, you're still looking at a yield reduction if that plant died instantly of 50%. Wow. That's huge. 
That is huge. You know, and, and then the next thing is we dig a little bit deeper in the report, and as you get out in those fields, one thing that we, we notice is the amount of corn that's in the dent stage. And the crop progress numbers, in order for something to be in the dent stage, it, it has to be where all the kernels on the ear are dented. You know, and, and the numbers from Monday would, or from Tuesday would have suggested 41% of the crop is at that stage. Now, that compares to 63% on the five-year average. 73% is actually where we are at last year. And a big part of that is that even when it's at the dent stage, think about that. You've got all these acres at dough. It has to get the dent. But even when we're at the dent stage, if we had an abrupt end of the crop, it still could go ahead and reduce the yield about 40%. You know, here we're sitting the 5th of September, and usually by this time we start to hear tricklings, especially on social media, of guys in the south in the fields. And we've been so focused on the Midwest, East and West Corn Belt, we forget about the guys in the south. But I haven't seen hardly any chatter out there about harvest. Yeah, not a whole lot. I was talking to a friend of mine who's between Wichita and, and Salina, and he said they were just going to get into some of their dry land corn and try that. So you're exactly right, Susan. It's starting to move along. One thing I wanted to mention on the dent stage, a lot of times when we get to the dent stage, that a lot of that corn still requires about 30 day, or uh, excuse me, about three to four weeks till we get the black layer until we're really frost free. So think about this. There's all this stuff that's in the dough stage. Some of that corn needs probably 50 days without a, a freeze. And so we're going to have to really watch that really close to see whether or not we're going to get that or not. Welcome mid-October, right? That's that's exactly right. There's going to be a lot of that. Now, to your point also on disease pressure, the thing that I notice in our travels and the things that our customers are telling us are right in alignment with, with what you're hearing you take a look at the corn, it's not even. It, the color's not even. That's tell we, we've had issues out there. There's definitely problems with disease pressure. And I would say because of where the prices are at, I would say there's some individuals this year that probably didn't treat as much in regard to the fungicides and some of that because they were just concerned about what the problem, you know, and whether how good of a crop it's going to be. Looking at the, the path of the hurricane, it's nice to see that it has stayed pretty much offshore for so many. But there's still a lot of concerns out there from a corn perspective and a cotton perspective on the eastern part of the country. Yeah, there definitely is. And even on a soybean perspective, it's hard to believe, Susan, but there's about, uh, we went through and looked at where the greater than three inches of rain was going to fall, which we knew was going to mean some wind in that area. And there was about 33 million bushels of soybean production that was going to fall in its path. Well, stick around. We are going to talk more about soybeans, what we're seeing in this neck of the woods and beyond. And we'll talk more about the hurricane and how it may or may not be affecting the markets. A lot's more coming up on this. What day is this? It's a Thursday. It is the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Jeff Peterson sitting across from you with Heartland Farm Partners as we, of course, are in the Nebraska Soybean Board studio this afternoon. Let's talk crop progress a little bit. Let's swing back before we jump into beans. As you look at where, for example, Nebraska is compared to our neighbors to the east, how are we faring? You know what? We fared out very well, actually, if you if you look at it. We, we were showing 54% of the crop is dented. Last year, we were at 66%. Well, actually, the five-year average is 66%. Last year, we were up at 70%. When I went back and looked through our database, our data, actually not just our data, but the NAS data goes back to 1981. And this year for Nebraska, would be the 14th slowest or 14th lowest amount of dent that we've seen. So we're actually faring out okay. What we're hearing, though, as we talk to our farmers, though, is that 
even though they got stuff planted. And this gets back to this whole discussion about growing degree units, energy, what's that going to mean for corn yields. Um, they're telling us in South Central Nebraska, stuff that they planted about the same time this year, they're probably five to six days behind where they were last year, maybe a little more. As we move a little further north, we get up in the Fremont area. Um, we're hearing some areas in there that some of them are saying maybe 10 days, 12 behind where we've been at. And, and anytime we see that, that isn't positive for, for yields. But one thing that's of notice or interest nationally, and this speaks to kind of some of our neighbors, if we look at the national number um, and 41%, that actually is the fifth lowest amount of dent that we had. Some of the other standout years, as you'd expect, 1993, okay, that was a very slow one. And, and a lot of times we talk about 1993 and because of that year we had a lot of lower yield, but we didn't realize it till we got out there. And, and, I, and I'm not saying this year is going to be like that. Another one was 2009. You know, 2009 was a year that we were very concerned whether we'd even go ahead and get the crop made. Now, that turned out to be a record crop. And I don't bring up 2009 in order to say, hey, could this turn into a record? The problem we end up having with this year is that so much of this was planted so late. But then let's walk a little bit further north. Let's get up to North Dakota. And what's surprising about North Dakota on the planning progress is that they really didn't have a lot of problems early on planning, mm-hmm. but it's showing up in the dent. They're only 8% dented. And so think about the cold temps. And they've, they've had a lot of temps that have been down below 50 degrees. And what we know about that corn plant is it it shuts down when it gets below 50. So even though we may show heat units, we aren't necessarily getting you know, the progression that we'd like. And then we step over to Minnesota at 25%. They should be up in the 60%. And then you've got South Dakota sitting there at 18%. So, Susan, we're faring out very well here in Nebraska in regard to getting ourselves ready and, and clear of a frost. And especially if you go farther east, you look at Wisconsin, Illinois, Ohio, the struggles are there worse than what I think what we're hearing. Oh, most definitely. And as we, as we talk to our customers, um, here in Nebraska and, and across Iowa and Illinois, Indiana, you know, by far this area here, there's some spots in Iowa that look really good. Uh, but Nebraska is by far, I think, has some of the best crops that, that we've seen out there. So how about for soybeans? How are they looking? Yeah, soybeans is, you know, that one's an even tougher one at this point. Um, the amazing statistic that came for us out of this last week, crop progress numbers, came back to the fact that there's still 3 million acres left to bloom yet. And that's and that, just think about the bloom. There's 10.7 million acres yet to set pods yet. And, and the thing we're hearing is, as we'd suspect, this, this bean crop went in late. What we know when we go in late, we're going to not have enough nodes. Okay, so the node counts down. Normally, you'd probably have 16 to 18 nodes. We're hearing 12 to 13 nodes. The other thing we're hearing, though, is that we're not hearing about as many pods. And in the Pro Farmer Tour, you know, echoed some of these statements. They were talking about the pod counts being down. But the industry dismissed that a little bit, and they said, well, that's okay. We'll have more rains, more pods will set. But what we're hearing is that not necessarily seeing the amount of pods per node either. And then, a step further, we aren't necessarily seeing the amount of beans per pod. Now, could we have excellent conditions yet? Well, we could, but the thing we have to realize about soybeans, soybeans can go ahead and they hit a certain point when it says, you know what, we have to switch and turn, they're just going to go ahead and stop on the pod side. Well, as we look, and and we talked about this in the first half with with the hurricane, is it having any effect on the market, or are we going to have to wait until the hurricane makes its pass and heads back out to sea? 
Yeah, as much as I really feel for anybody who's in the path of that hurricane, and I know it's bad. Unfortunately, Susan, it's not going to impact enough production to go ahead and cause problems on this market enough to go ahead and turn it. Because what we've got, as we mentioned in, in part one, there's about 33 million bushels of soybeans in the path of the soybean or in the path of the hurricane. Over on the corn side, our numbers would show about 103 million bushels. So even if we had a complete disaster, and it'd be terrible if it was your farm, I just don't think there's enough production there to go ahead and get this market concerned. And quickly, China, we know that the negotiations may happen coming up. Yeah, exactly. You know, and, and I think as we, we look at those negotiations, it looked like we could have some face-to-face talks happening in the first, first part of October. Honestly, my opinion on that, Susan, is that I, I don't think we're going to make much progress. I think they're going to try to stall us off. Yeah, that's what we're hearing, too. Best way for folks to get a hold of you, Jeff? Yeah, give me a call at 402-366-4694. Check us out on the web at heartlandfarmpartners.com or follow me on Twitter at jeffpeterson01. And, of course, coming up, you can catch him tomorrow morning. We will have more talking WASD with Trading Bits and Bites through our YouTube page. This has been brought to you by Fontenelle and all the local Fontenelle dealers on the Rural Radio Network. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network.